Welcome back to another episode of Life is Full of Daisies, where we talk all things life and becoming the best versions of ourselves. I'm Daisy Ayala, and on today's episode, I'm extremely excited to be interviewing my guest today, Bianca La Chica Poderosa, aka the legal influencer, or formerly Bianca Calderon de la Chica, who practices personal injury law and is licensed not only in Texas, but also California. So she's not only that, but she's a mom of two amazing kids, a wife, an influencer, as I said, and a dynamic Latina, and is such an inspiration to me, but also I'm sure to many, many other women out there. But welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Daisy, for having me. It's such an honor and a blessing. I know we've been planning this for some time, so I'm just glad to be able to be on here and use this platform to share my story and hope that I can inspire the next generation of Latinas to become lawyers because we need a lot more of them. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think I found you, I think it was when I started this whole platform and I wanted to really hone into like my Hispanic background heritage and really like inspire other women because I feel like I didn't have that in my life coming from a small town. So I was like, oh, she's perfect. And then I started following you and and I love that you're always really trying to help other women, especially in Latinas, try and answer all the questions about going to law school and all of that. Exactly. And I think that's so important. And I'm from Corpus Christi, too, which is a a smaller city, much smaller (laughs) than Houston. And I definitely feel that void of we don't have enough Latino attorneys, whether male or female. And I think it's it has to do with just they need to be able to see it to believe that hey Mm. that can be me too so that's a big reason why i love having billboards and commercials out on tv because it's like hey mommy i could do that too Mm -hmm. that could be me one day and and a lot of my followers have told me that you know that's kind of the dialogue that goes on in the car when they see one of my billboards so to me that just makes what i do even more special and i'm sure now having a daughter Oh, yes. Even inspires you more. Of course, you have a son as well. I but do. <laughs> yes, it, it totally does. You know, I'm always telling her, you know, that's going to be you on TV one day. So you need to study hard. Yeah. Or if she doesn't feel like going to school, I said, okay, well, then you're not going to be an abogada. <gasps> I'm like, because you're just getting started, honey. Uh. I said, you have a long journey left to school. So, you know, I always try and instill that in her because and some people will be like, oh, you're putting too much pressure on her. But I'm like, my parents brainwashed me from day one to become an attorney. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of they saw it in me. And I just wanted to make them proud. You know, as Latinos, yeah. that's kind of a big deal in our cultures to make our parents proud and to kind of fulfill their dreams which Mm -hmm. is also my dream as well so it's nice to be the first attorney in the family i bet yes i bet i mean because you have two other sisters i have two sisters yes and one actually ended up marrying a personal injury attorney (laughs) so you know it's it's all in the family right right so let's kind of backtrack Mm -hmm. and i want you to tell all of us a little bit about your background kind of like where you obviously told us you were from Corpus Christi. Yes. Um, but just kind of tell us before what who you were before you became La Bogada Bianca. Well, thank you. So I went to college in, in San Antonio at St. Mary's University where I met my husband. I was a business major. I always knew I wanted to open up my own firm. And one of my mentors, he told me, the best major you can be before you get into law is not pre-law because you're going to learn it all in law school anyways, mm-hmm. but to be a business major. And that was probably the best advice I've received because running a law firm is so much like running a business. It it is a business at the end of the day. It teaches you marketing skills, you know, how to account for your money. It teaches you what a balance statement is and all these things that I deal with on the day-to-day as far as managing my firm. I already kind of have a little bit of background introduction when those things come up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that was a great thing too. And it also teaches you, you know, speech skills and presentation, which that's what you do in trial. You're presenting to people and you want to target your market and target your jury. So business and law, I think, go hand in hand. So back to, okay, I went to St. Mary's. (laughs) Then I went to law school here in Houston at South Texas. And I always knew I wanted to do personal injury. And my dad actually works for a personal injury law firm. He's been in the business for about 35 years, but he's an investigator. He's not a lawyer. And so that's kind of how I fell into it. Oh. Uh, I grew up around these lawyers. They would always tell me, come on, Bianca, you're next, you're next. And I would intern for them and I would see the amazing results that they got for their clients. And I would see the, you know, the tragic side about what we do. Most of our clients, they have suffered a tremendous loss and 
to see how they were able to use their uh, skills to get their clients justice and help put their lives mm -hmm. back together was really inspiring for me. And so I got into law and then I started at a personal injury litigation firm. Mm -hmm. So I got to travel the country working on million dollar cases and it was nonstop 24 seven, but I felt like I couldn't really be me because I was working for somebody else. I represented somebody else or the firm that I worked for and they mm -hmm. were amazing. They really supported me and everything, but I just knew I wanted to just have, be in control of my own schedule, especially at being as a mom. I didn't want to travel as much. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I decided to open up my law firm. Wow. I mean, I've heard that like branching off on your own is it's a struggle. It is. Because I have quite a few friends, but none of them are in personal injury. Mm -hmm. They're all attorneys. None of them do personal injury. And What's interesting to me is like I see your passion and your love for law, but some of them, they t they always say they're like, oh, I would never have my kids be an attorney. They don't they like don't, it. Yes, I, I would say you're right. All the attorneys I speak to or I know that are, you know, older than me and they, their kids are about, you know, about to be either high school or in college. They're like, I don't want my kids to be lawyers. But I think it's because they have a lot of successful attorneys. They almost have to sacrifice their work-life balance, like what we were talking about yeah. earlier. But I think, you know, we're in a modern day. It's a little different. I think as long as you have a supportive partner and you have a great team under you, mm -hmm. you can still be in control of being a lawyer isn't just all who you are. So yeah, it, it's tough and it's difficult, but you know, I've learned from them and um, I do think that I would want my kids to be lawyers still. Being a lawyer for almost eight years now, I, I, I would recommend it just because it opens up so many doors to you as a career and it teaches you so many things i mean discipline getting through three years of law school and taking mm -hmm. the bar exam and you know you get to just you're always going to be able to say hey i'm a lawyer i can handle this i can figure it out and it's a great way to make a living I mean, definitely. I, yeah. I always say, because I have this discussion with some of my friends, I'm like, yeah, when I have kids, I'm definitely going to encourage them to be engineer, doctor, attorney. That's like, yeah. because I was first generation mm -hmm. technically here. So my parents just encouraged me to go to college and get my undergrad. Right. Like, there was no talk of doctor or, mm -hmm. or anything. And I'm like, why didn't they say that? Exactly. And yes. Sometimes I'm like, I regret that they didn't, but it's like, you know, they were just pushing us to continue the legacy. And, and exactly. And that's, that's the big thing too, is, you know, a lot of us, you know, I'm first generation as well, and they're just doing the best that they can. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, no one, my parents, they would help me find people, but filling out college applications or mm -hmm. figuring out scholarships, that was all on me, you know, you because because they would love to help you, but they don't they don't have know. that college background or they don't know about, oh, you got to get an internship, you got to do this, you got to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big reason why on, you know, my social media, I try and be a resource to other people who are thinking about getting into law or opening up their own business because I think that kind of information shouldn't be held secret or held hostage mm -hmm. because I'm a big believer in God has a plan for everyone and he has your your treasures that are set out in your life and my prize is my prize your prize is your prize and so we could all coexist together and be successful together I agree but I think that uh, that's also it can be a cultural thing mm -hmm. just it's like Latinos can be crabs as somebody mm -hmm. would say they just kind of pull you down instead of raising right, you up right but and I feel like our generation is trying we, to change to, I agree I definitely feel that I feel a lot of support and a lot of positive uh, comments especially from women which is surprising mm -hmm. and the biggest negative people I have that comment on my Instagram or whatever are the men what yeah and I'm like this is crazy like I would expect it I mean not would expect it but you would think it's more from the women but it's always the men like I would never hire a woman to be my attorney or you're better at home or you should be cooking mm. yeah you just the old archaic ideologies I'm like but... take your 1950s mentality exactly. and go somewhere else exactly exactly <laughs> those machistas okay. yes moving on we're moving <laughs> on from those so how was your upbringing well you kind of spoke a little bit mm. like your parents pushed you to they be did. an attorney yes. But did you feel a lot of pressure? Yes and no. My parents were very, very strict with me. They had very high expectations, but I'm grateful for those expectations because they gave me the confidence to kind of achieve what I have so far. And they continue to push me and encourage me. But 
you know, some people would say, yeah, that was a little tough, a little harsh, but I'm glad it happened. You know, they expected straight A's from me. They expected um, excellence and, you know, me to stay out of trouble, Mm -hmm. to respect my teachers, respect my elders, to be kind to others. They they taught me a lot of great things. So I'm very grateful to have had them as my parents. Oh, that's awesome. I'm sure they are very (laughs) grateful for you as a daughter. You're so kind. Thank you. Because like I said, it's, it's hard to be the oldest oh, and yes. to set that it is. the oldest always has the, the highest expectations and I can attest to that because yes. I'm the same but um it's interesting because recently I started seeing a therapist because mm-hmm. there were some things that I was like I need to work on myself like I yeah, want to be a I've better seen, version I've seen a lot of that going around on like TikTok about <laughs> yeah. growing up Hispanic and how that can really affect you and what you perceive yourself as because you almost have to earn their love and respect which is he- it can be, yes. but I, the way I've, I've like, even when I had my first session mm-hmm. with my therapist, she was telling me, she's like, I told her, I was like, well, yeah, I had, but I was like, I've, I've always been grateful for that because if I didn't, I could have ended up somewhere else. Right, like, right. I'm yes. glad they pushed me that hard. And then she's like, but then how did that make you feel? Like you always, because I, I call myself a recovering people pleaser mm-hmm. because now it's like taking charge of my own self. So that gave me a complex, but yeah. it's like, you can't blame your parents because they're doing the best they can with what they have and if you still have a beautiful life that you're grateful for you can always change and go to therapy absolutely restructure that that's that's huge to develop every year and get better every day and just try and just focus on yourself Mm -hmm. i think that's number one because if you don't if you're not strong you can't be a strong mother you can't be a strong spouse or a strong business owner so you have to really give time to yourself and demand it almost because if not then you get lost and that's not going to be good for anything that you run yeah so so since you touched on Mm -hmm. that how do you give time to yourself because you're busy i am i am so i basically work in a workout um Mm -hmm. i work out about four to five times a week you know that's an hour like it's a it's a given i have my uh, strict schedule and at least i know I gave myself that time because working out gives me energy and makes mm-hmm. me feel good about myself and gives me another way of working towards goals. I'm a very goal-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes just spending time with my kids, taking a day off, and we just, you know, enjoy the day, take them out to lunch and and go, you know, shopping or, you know, like to Home Goods or, you know, I love Home Goods. So like anything like that, I really like to do that. And on the weekends, I kind of unplug a little bit mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time with my husband and our family. So we, we just, you know, just take it a day at a time. That's good yes. advice right there. So I was going to ask you about your career path, mm-hmm. but you kind of already, I mean, everything has been from school. You were, did you intern in, in, at the I did. Uh, offices? I, I interned for the Watts Law Firm, Michael Watts, who's legendary, in high school. Uh, the funny, I always share the stories. I wanted to work at Abercrombie in high school. <laughs> I mean, I think we all did. And my parents were like, uh, if you're going to work at, if you want to work, you're going to work for a law firm because we want you to, you know, my dad, of course, worked with these guys and so they pulled me in and I got to be you know a secretary and kind of see how working from all different levels of the law fields Mm. which is nice because I know how to make copies I know how to send faxes and file documents and just do all everything in the chain of command so that was a, a really cool experience. So then the do you think that helped you because you had that background did that help you start your own practice but also kind of did it help you in law school at all? No. Law school is totally different. Law school is just, you learn all sorts, of, like you have to learn criminal law, tort law, contract law. I mean, the list goes on. Oil and gas. So I've heard it's it's intense. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it, no, it did not help me. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> yeah. But it helped me as, as a lawyer, definitely. Because now I, I feel like I relate more to you know, our paralegals or secretaries, because I'm like, I I understand their struggle because I got to hang out with them and have Mm -hmm. lunch with them and kind of hear what they talk about and Mm -hmm. what's important to them and what makes them feel bad or good. And so I think I've used those experiences to make myself a better team leader for my team. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if a lot of bosses or employers can actually relate or actually 
understand like how their the rest of their employees feel exactly and that to me is so important because if my team isn't happy they're not going to treat my clients well they're not going to give it their all and so i'm very i realize that and i know that and so that's why i try and be an understanding boss and just know that we're a team that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do y'all do like any, well, I guess because of COVID, but team building or anything to like bring each other together? I'm kind of a young firm, so I don't think the team is really that big to be able to do that just yet. But when we have follow reviews, I try and make them fun. You know, we may go to happy hour after or, you know, order all their favorite foods, get a charcuterie board and <laughs> just play fun music. So I try and make it fun and, you know, spoil my team on their birthdays and mm-hmm. just let them know that they're important. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that is very important because I know, I mean, conversations I've had in the past with people The biggest thing is the employees don't feel seen or appreciated. Yes. No, I think I am all about sending those text messages. Thank you for working so hard. Or here's a surprise gift. You know, just little things like that so that they know that I am appreciative of their work and how Mm -hmm. well they treat my clients. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. I mean, obviously, it reflects on, you know, y'all winning all these cases. Thank you. So what did you find uh, was a big challenge for you in corporate as a woman and a Latina? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, simply showing up to a deposition and the the defense lawyer being like, oh, are you the court reporter or when is the attorney coming? And I'm like, I'm I am the attorney. And they're like, wait, what? You know, so just having to kind of change their perception of what an attorney looks like, I think was pretty it was a different experience. And two, um, you know, the defense lawyers will, who I'm fighting, like they represent the insurance companies Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, oh, honey, you'll never get that offer. Like you're silly. But then, you know, we, we present our case in a different way. And then at the end, they're like, wow, like you proved me wrong. And I've even had defense lawyers call me and say, hey, my son was in an accident. I want you to represent them because I loved how well you were, you presented your client so he's so that to me was the biggest compliment because they were good lawyers everywhere and they're like no you did a great job you need to represent you know my son or whatever so that was that was a a fine moment where i changed his mind about me (laughs) you're like ah i showed you exactly so you have to work harder Uh, that's the struggle but do you think that that's just the same for any for any kind of career Uh, yes yes without a doubt and I think as women, we need to realize that being a woman, a woman is our not our biggest weakness, but our biggest strength because we're more empathetic. We are more creative. And I think we just know how to get things done um, faster and because we don't have any time to waste. Mm-mm. So we're lean, mean, working machines. Yeah, we yes. get it done. We exactly. Get it done. I, I, my coworkers are <laughs> I think I surprised them because mm-hmm. at work I'm such a different person versus in my personal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, because this is work and we got to get things done. Exactly. I got to take care of all it, these patients. Because then we can't sleep. I know. Or I'm like stressed <sighs> out. Yes. <sighs> the struggles. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of advice would you give any woman in corporate? I would say you have to not earn respect, but just realize that you're going to have to work a little bit harder to get the respect that you deserve, but to just keep working hard Mm -hmm. and go above and beyond. Don't be average because when you're average, average things come to you and, and don't expect anybody to knock on the door and save the day for you because they're not. Um, and you just have to be a survivor. I love that. Love that. It's uh, the quote that came to hit to my mind was go ahead and be extra. You have to. Oh yes. Don't, that's how you stand out. Because if you have the nine to five mentality, I'm just uh, trying to earn a paycheck. That's the kind of life you're going to have forever. I absolutely agree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what was the pivotal moment that made you decide to finally leap and go off on your own and open your own practice? Well, the big turning point was I had my son, who's my second, and I was on maternity leave and I knew my time was running short. I had to go back and I knew what was ahead. I was going to have a crazy schedule traveling. And um, so I spoke to my boss. I thought, okay, maybe we can work on something, work on a more strict schedule, maybe me not traveling so much or whatever. But And he's like, I will let you do whatever you need to do. But at the end of the day, this is the nature of our work. We're litigators. So we're Mm -hmm. just going to be on the the run, on the go all the time. And so I said, you know what? I honestly, I can't do this anymore. 
And so I took about six months off thinking I was going to kind of re- retire. Really? Yes. I cannot imagine you I know. thinking it was. I, I just knew there was something else and I had to think about it mm-hmm. and, and be ready. And so I realized I missed the law. I realized um, I have a very creative mind and I wanted to market and create my own identity and my own brand. And so um, my husband and I just slowly but surely started, you know, brainstorming. And then people would call and say, hey, I need you to represent me on this case. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'll take it on. I could handle one case. And then it turned into two and then 10. And then I was like, <laughs> OK, um, yeah, I think I need to have my own office. And it just it kind of slowly happened. It was like almost like God just kind of started putting things into place for me he's like i got bigger plans for you oh so it was it was it's just fun so at what point did you finally decide to get your own actual office instead of working from home it just had to happen because the clients would be like can i meet your office i'm like uh what office (laughs) so i mean i would get high dollar clients and i'm like okay i need to get an office because if not i'm gonna lose this client they're gonna be like oh i don't want to hire a lawyer doesn't have an office and and plus two i started my billboards and my commercials Mm -hmm. and so i said okay wait it's time so yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, it was just the kind of the progression. Yes, I but I definitely recommend my thought process was when I wanted to open my own firm, like, let's open an office, buy the biggest office, sign the longest lease and hire all this stuff. But no, you have to work backwards. You have mm-hmm. to have the almost inventory or the um, enough customers to keep you to survive, to pay the leases, mm-hmm. to pay your employees. And so that's I think people see it reverse, but I definitely recommend Small. building starting small and lean and then you can grow yeah I, I mean i know we all can get into this like imagination where you just want the grand but it's like nah, you don't want to get into debt either it, like exactly. this huge overwhelming it, exactly um, debt. yes so yeah how was that transition for you like from eventually just opening that up it it was great um it still is um we're still growing uh it's I was, you know, having a file review the other day with my team, and I said, how many cases do we have? And they told me the number, and I was mind blown. And so, you know, as I grow, another business tip that I recommend to other business owners is just because you're making money doesn't mean, oh, it's now time to go buy my dream car or whatever. No, you keep investing that money at least for the first five years. So anytime, you know, my firm, we 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 get a big, you know, settlement check or whatever, we reinvest that business back into mm-hmm. the company. And I want to, like I, I was talking, I'm like, okay, next year we're going to start, you know, buying more airtime on Univision, oh. maybe going to Telemundo or maybe even going into the, the English network. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I have progressed is, is baby steps. Mm-hmm. You know, first I had three billboards and, th- and then I think I went to five. And so every... Which, I, I always see that. Yeah, so I'm at nine. Uh-huh. Yes, which is a lot um, and so just that's kind of it's just been baby steps. Mm-hmm. You can't just go into it and just I mean, because no one's going to have like a million dollars and be like, I'm just going to go full force ahead and just throw it in and hope for no. the best. And I don't recommend that either. Even if, say, you do have a million dollars, you're like, I want to go full force and have this marketing plan and buy commercials, airtime, whatever. I think that's a bad idea because you need to test your marketing concepts before you go mainstream. And so back to your question of how did I develop it all, I think I started marketing my name on Instagram and I wanted to see Mm -hmm. if people gravitated towards it. And then I would post, you know, my pictures and my possible billboard ideas and everybody was... A big controversy was like, why is your number not on your billboard? I said, because we're in 2021. No one's going (laughs) to stop and write down my number. So, yeah, so it's just slowly but surely. Who thinks of all, like, you do all your marketing, right? You're the genius behind all of it. Yes. Like, the billboards, all of that. I, I love it. And so I do it. I'm very much, I picked my billboard picture. I said, this is going to be the one. The billboard company did design the billboard, but I said, I want to be like above the billboard. I want my head to be bigger than the billboard. And like, I just envisioned it. And uh, I figure La Bogada Bianca makes me more personable versus a whole long last name Mm -hmm. where it's just like, hey, La Bogada Bianca, she could be my friend. Not like, I'm Abogada Calderon de la Chica. Like to me, that makes you kind of un- unapproachable you're, you're not as relatable to, yes, to your yes, client yes so um that's kind of the thought process into going 
I mind all of that. And I've started seeing other attorneys that are using starting to use uh, social media as their platform, starting to do la abogada so and so. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, but I think you start, I think <laughs> you were probably one of the first ones when I started following mm-hmm. you, you were probably one of the first attorneys that I knew that was actively on social media. And I kept telling my friend that was potentially going to start her own mm-hmm. practice. I was like, you need to think about using social media. It's huge. It is huge. I mean, I cannot talk enough about how much social media has helped me, Mm -hmm. Um, not only from testing my marketing concepts, but just having that accessibility to thousands of followers Mm -hmm. and to letting them know what I do. And then them, they're able to get to know me Mm -hmm. before hopefully they need me. So they always know, okay, they're, they're like, oh man, I was in an accident today, but I've been following you forever. And I feel like we're friends already, or, you know, like I know you and I trust you. And I think that kind of gives you a leg up. Mm-hmm. to other attorneys that you just know on TV or you hear their yeah. name on the radio where you just, all you know is their picture, their bio, their website. But yep. you don't know who they are. Because you don't true. get to see the behind the scenes. And so that's kind of what I've enjoyed about social media. I know, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, some people are very resistant. It, it did cause a lot of heartburn for people where they're kind of shocked. Like, oh, a lawyer sharing their lives. Like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> like, why would you do that? But, of course, you know, I know what to show, show and, you know, I, I do try and keep some things private, mm-hmm. and so it's just a balance, like mm-hmm. we've been talking about. It's all, mm-hmm. everything's kind of like juggling yes. act at this yes. point. So what do you find is the most stressful part of your job? I would say just making sure my clients are 100% happy. That mm-hmm. is my biggest goal, and so that's that goes into communication, and that goes into keeping them updated on their cases and then giving them the time that they need and that they deserve to know that I'm on their side and to explain to them the process because a lot of the times the news that I give them is what the insurance company is saying and of course they want to take that out on me and I'm like don't worry we're going to get to the end result but you have to just like I I just don't like to see them stressed out and Mm -hmm. I'm like I got it don't worry and but you do as a lawyer have to explain to them the process so that they understand and Mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of probably the hardest part that's I mean I like the the, but like I said I like the fact that you use social media to be able to explain to even just your audience like how even if you get in an accident this is what you should do exactly exactly and that's and that's so huge and it also helps our, make our jobs a little easier because they're not making mistakes that are going to hurt them down the road that's mm-hmm. going to affect the value of their case. So knowledge is power. That is very true. What or whom do you contribute your success in your practice? I would say my family, you know, starting from my parents who raised me to be who I am and then my husband who is super supportive mm-hmm. and believes in me 100% encourages me to be who I am which I think is huge because Mm -hmm. to have the confidence to truly be yourself is a blessing and to have a spouse that supports that is, is awesome. And my kids, um, you know, I want them to have a mom that they're proud of and, um, a role model and somebody to look up to and just to inspire the next generation of Latino attorneys. And I hope that they may be part of that. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure they will. We'll be seeing, we'll be seeing your daughter and son take over. Oh, well, do thank you. you. Yes, I, I would hope so. Do they already, well, I mean, they're real young, but mm-hmm. does your daughter show interest? Cause- yes, she does. It's so funny. My daughter speaks fluent Spanish, so when my, my commercial comes out on Univision, she has my whole commercial memorized. And then she'll, like, mimic me being on the phone with the client and she's like oh you're in an accident oh I I can help you you know just little things that she's picking up so that that's really cute so then she's gonna be even fiercer like oh my watch out for her don't try negotiating with her because she'll bring up some points and my husband and I were like you know you got us you're right like all right she's good yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so she's in the training so we all know we'll wait for for what 20 something years yes from now yes now moving on to my next question is what does being a Latina mean to you? Being a Latina is probably one of the biggest blessings ever because we're fierce, we're unstoppable, mm-hmm. and we love our families, but and we love our community and just I don't know, it's just who I am. It's just so special to me and I want others to realize that being born to the latino culture is amazing Mm -hmm. i mean it's we have such a vibrant culture with um such strong family values and i think that's what makes us special 
That that's very true because I know like some I've I've also had this conversation with a few people where they say that they even though they're Latinos they've had this struggle like with truly immersing themselves in the culture right because that's why i was like yeah i was like you have to. i was like me i grew up in a small town in central texas so mm-hmm. there was not a lot of influence. yeah so i can see how that's I'm like i see it then mm-hmm. but i'm like people mm-hmm. that grow up on the border because i'm like i always get so i'm always astonished by people that grew up on the border it, it's like they know all this lingo and all they these do like, and i'm like i don't know what that means i know i know and and i agree it's it's definitely you almost feel sometimes like my spanish isn't perfect and so I get embarrassed by it because I'm like, I'm a Latina, I should know it. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, if I don't speak Spanish, even if it's chopped up or broken up, my message isn't getting across and I'm not mm-hmm. helping people because I'm worried about my pride. So I feel like my clients are more, they're they're like, we were either here at some way or another versus not knowing our rights. So that's kind of my goal behind, you know, yeah. not being afraid of my... Uh, Spanish. Spanish but yes. you've uh you started taking Spanish lessons. I have I have and that's been so phenomenal um so much fun and I feel um a little bit more confident mm-hmm. um especially in, in pronouncing certain words and we just spend an hour at a time just pretending we're talking to clients or doing interviews and ah. I want to be strong for the media uh you know I've been blessed with a few high profile cases and I just don't want to be so nervous talking about a case in front of Univision or Telemundo or, yeah. you know, like I would be totally competent in English. So I kind of want to get that. I know. I feel you, girl. Yeah. Because I was like, you actually inspired me because at one point I also felt mm-hmm. a little like people were going to judge me for speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it came from like someone that is fluent in Spanish. They grew up on the border. And and then I asked them, I was like, do you make fun or judge people or Latinos that don't speak like Spanish mm-hmm. the Perfect. right way mm-hmm. or perfectly? And he's like, Yeah. And I just kind of, that made me intimidated. And so, but I was like, wait a minute. And then I have Spanish speaking patients that, Mm -hmm. you know, in my, in in our profession, a lot of times, especially when you're in an upper scale Mm -hmm. practice, there's not a lot of like fluent Spanish hygienists. And so I was like, I took the time and patients truly appreciate it. And I always tell them, I was like, I can have a full on conversation, but it might be a little choppy on the dental terms. But they appreciate it. They They really do. Yes. And so, and you almost feel like a superhero when you're able to be like, I got this. I can help. Yes, Yes. they really do. Mm -hmm. And it's so, to anybody that's struggling with that, just try. (laughs) Don't be embarrassed because you're just going to get better. And I always bring up the example, Selena. I mean, Mm -hmm. think of how many people who idolize her and what an icon she is. But her Spanish was not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think as, I mean, she, you know, unfortunately lost her life at 23, but she just got better from practicing. And then people still loved her. Yeah. So, you know, don't be afraid to just be yourself and embrace your Latino roots and to try and speak Spanish. That's true. Y'all just keep practicing. Yeah. Or what I do is I start, if, if I start feeling like, because I speak Spanish to my mom. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is nothing but English. Yeah. So I started watching telenovelas. Oh, yes. So that I can like keep that mentality of speaking it fluently and quickly. And that's actually helped me uh, quite a bit. That's what I hear. So many people tell me, just watch the novelas. Uh, and for me, I listen to a lot of Spanish music, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Christian Nodal, Aventura, and they speak a little slower to where, and they're very vivid in their their lyrics to where I feel like it's kind of interesting to learn just different ways of yeah. expressing yourself, which I like. That is true. That mm-hmm. is very true. And then I even have conversations in my head, like while I'm cleaning someone's teeth they're, in Spanish, because I'm like, okay, if you're I'm practicing, yes. yeah, I'm practicing, I'm explaining to them what I need to explain to them right. for whatever reason. Yes, yes. Um, but speaking of, well, being a Latina, but you were also recently a judge for the Miss Texas USA pageant. I was. Oh my goodness, what an experience that was! And how? I mean, how was it? Like, I mean, it seemed like it was a lot of fun. It, it was so much fun. It almost felt like being in a pageant but not having the stress of mm-hmm. being in a pageant it was so well well ran um it's such a great production there were so many great talented women who competed and just the way that they protect the judges and the integrity of the pageant was really really impressive you know anytime i went to the bathroom i had to get escorted by a police officer oh. and they had to clean out clear out the bathrooms because they didn't want a judge getting swayed oh. a certain way and 
just hearing all of these girls' stories mm-hmm. um, was really inspiring. And just to see how they brought their A game. The mm-hmm. competition was so tight, so tricky. I mean, any of those girls could have been a Miss Texas, but we had it was we had a tough job. I mean, you have a, a what? How many girls? There's 140, actually? I think. Okay, so you had 140 top qualifying individual women. How do you pick from? <laughs> it, they have a system, and it and it just all made sense. So it, we were able to really. And then after a while, when you get down to the top ten, the judges talk, and we're we you just kind of know. Ah, uh, it's it becomes kind confirm. of obvious. Oh, yeah. is there any one like I know y'all ask like mm-hmm. specific questions for interview? Was there any one answer or question that you were just like, that's a really good like it moved you in a certain way? To me, the surprising thing was. One of my questions, or I think one of the judges' questions that was sitting next to me asked, like, what's the biggest obstacle you've overcome? And I almost got the same answer, I would say, at least 40% of the time, which is kind of sad. They talked about sexual assault. And to me, it was just kind of mind-blowing just to see how brave they were to share their stories and to see how prevalent it is in our society even Mm -hmm. in this younger generation of women so i thought that was kind of moving and alarming but you know other questions that i asked uh, which i think was a hot topic was what do you think is the biggest weakness that we should teach the the next generation and it it all had to do with social media Mm. that you know we should be more honest on social media about Mm -hmm. our struggles the pros and the cons and about the filters that we use or, you know, things like that. So that was another very common theme that I I heard about, which I agree with, that we need to do better. I I totally agree because I'm like, I've been near or I've attended some events lately where there were influencers that I've been following for years. And I was actually kind of shocked at like, I thought they come off as like these genuine people, but I was actually shocked that like I've met some of these girls multiple times, different, different uh, meetings. And like none of them actually remembered my name. And I was just like, uh. I mean, I get it. You're an influencer. Well, no, but it doesn't mean you at the end of the day, you could be the president of the United States. But you have to have respect for people and acknowledge people and be kind and humble. And if Mm-hmm. you're if you're you have a social media platform and you're letting that get to your head then that's that's on you yeah that i was like mm, that was a little discouraging yeah. i was like i don't fit in this world but it, it then, is a totally different world yes. If you go to an influencer party it's a totally different setup than a regular party that us that average just, people go to right i'm like yes. i don't know if i i mean i just I, like you i just want to create a platform where women yes. latinas and yes. we have encouragement and inspiration from mm-hmm. each other that's all i, I don't really i agree i'll I tell agree. you i'm comfortable in jeans and like a me, sweater. i mean me too you see me on uh my instagram some days i have no makeup some days i'm in full glam other days you get a little bit in between <laughs> um but yeah it's just you got to be real mm-hmm. at least i have to be real for myself because if not it'll drive me crazy oh i i agree so, so then what drives you in your career and or and then mm-hmm. the other question would be what drives you into just being a great mom and spouse? I think uh, just my roots, my mom, the way she raised me, and she's like such a great example in my life. And um, you know, you just have to, she raised me to be strong and to believe in myself, to be confident, which I think a lot of women don't have is confidence, and I think mm-hmm. that is a big blessing that I was given. Just I have this voice in my head that never stops. It's like get up do something you can't be like uh not be in the same position you know you got to just keep moving and keep growing and so I think that's kind of a a little bit of a combination of both and so how do you since you said confidence how do you make sure you install that in like your daughter specifically but also your son yeah so that I you know greet them every morning I listen to them I give them eye contact I let them know that they're very important to me um, that they can achieve anything that they want as long as they work hard. I make sure that they're kind to people um, because if you're a difficult person to work with, then you're not going to be given respect and you're not going to have confidence. So it all comes together. And, you know, I always remind my daughter how beautiful she is and, you know, just just love on them. They need to feel loved. I think that's where confidence all derives from. Yeah, that's true. It, it all, all comes down to your upbringing. Yes, it your does. Your childhood. It does. So then what has motherhood taught you? Motherhood has taught me that 
no matter what, I have my kids and, you know, I have to get up for them every day and they're my reason and they, you know, the the energy that their hugs or their kisses give me is just inspiring and uh, you just know there's no turning back because you have two little people looking up to you um, and everything you say, they remember and everything you do, they remember. So I think that is the bigger blessing because it makes you be a better person because you have Mm -hmm. no choice that is true and then how do you find balance with life work and then all the the influencer life as well yeah uh so lately you know i kind of will do spurts of non-stop pr where i'm just doing events i'm doing you know podcast shows interviews and i'll just do them in spurts and then i'll just kind of disappear for like a week and focus um, kind of on the kids and just kind of work mm-hmm. from home and, and take a step back because that's where I find my most creative energy is when I'm not in the hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. So I'll use the, those times off to reflect and think, okay, where am I going next? Um, but so I'm not nonstop go, go, go 24 seven, because if not, I'll get burned out uninspired and then I won't be creating. That's very yeah. true. I mean, I'm the same way. Yeah. I have to give myself breaks with the podcast. Yeah. I kind of go into a little hole. You know, <laughs> just like you got to hibernate step away. Little. Exactly. Exactly. Like your me time. Yes. So how do you keep your relationship with your husband strong? Well, we are just very blessed. We're, you know, we I was I met him when I was 19, he was 21. We've just been inseparable. We think a lot of the same ways. We push each other and we encourage each other. And we just have a really healthy relationship and I'm so blessed. And, you know, of course we're not perfect, but I would say that love isn't meant to be hard. It should be easy and you should just support each other and be there for each other whenever you need them. When sometimes I can't pick up the kids, he'll, he'll do it or vice versa, or he needs a favor. And I, I, we just don't ask questions. We are just there for each other. So I think having that faith and confidence and trust amongst each other really makes our relationship manageable. Do y'all like have specific like date nights? Do you create? Oh yeah. So we work out together Mm -hmm. almost every morning. So that's fun. You know, we get to uh, laugh at each other or if he's falling behind, I'm like, oh, look, I'm out. (laughs) I mean, which is very rare. Uh, So he'll push me. He's like, oh, why are you laying on the floor? You know, so that kind of humor. It's fun. Uh, You know, we like to, you know, watch movies together. We like to travel or, you know, just get away with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we like to go out on the lake and have fun. And so, yeah, just little things like that. What's one of your favorite things about your husband? How smart he is. He's super intelligent. He's he's a great businessman and he's a great listener. And just um, he's just so kind and such a great dad. Uh, I mean, I could just talk about him for like three <laughs> hours if you want. But, no, yeah, that's probably it. the top. You're like, that. That's- yes, yes. But that's awesome that y'all have known each other since you were yeah, 19. We're going, I think, maybe 12 years together. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. One day, one day. Yes, yes. It's possible. It's possible. It is. And then what's the best piece of advice that you have for anyone that's in the law world? Be prepared to roll up your sleeves, to work hard. And the really big thing that distinguishes you amongst other lawyers is how well prepared you are and how much you care. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lawyers out there who simply don't care. They just are in it for a paycheck. And for me, it's more of I'm more client driven. I want my clients to be happy and then the profit will follow. I love that. Love that. And then so what so because you are a personal injury attorney and my listeners, we did already do kind of a full like personal injury Mm -hmm. um, episode. But what are some of the top tips that you have for people to have on their coverage because i know you preach this on your um, platform yes um but i want to make sure everybody hears it again what are the most important coverages that you or is it coverage insurance insurance coverage Mm -hmm. that you should have for you in your car you need underinsured and uninsured motorist coverage and it's as simple as calling your agent or you know clicking on the internet and adding it i believe it's maybe 10 20 bucks extra a month and it protects you in case you're on the road, which happens all the time, and an uninsured driver hits you or crashes into you and it's not your fault, or they didn't pay their insurance premium, or for instance, say they only had a minimal policy, but they end up you know, hurting you so bad you need a surgery, and who's going to pay for that surgery? This is where that insurance coverage comes into play. So it's more about this is a coverage that protects you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, in case of 
being involved in a hit and run or someone with a uh, lapsed insurance policy. I'm like, I wish I would have known that because I was involved in a hit and run a while back, but um, it was covered. I just had to pay the deductible. We'll see. Didn't know that. Yeah. They could have covered it. But one thing, like when we, before we started our interview Mm -hmm. that I really liked that you said is that um, what are some tips like for the Latinos for their rights? Sometimes they don't realize that they do have the rights to contact someone like you. Yes. So even if you're here in the country undocumented, don't have any fear that, okay, you're involved in an accident, you know, you're working hard, doing the best you can, and then you're afraid to call the police and you need medical treatment because you're like, I'm afraid I'm going to get, you know, picked up. Don't be afraid. I, I actually represent a lot of people who are here undocumented and we're actually able to recover money for them and and they have rights and just like everybody else does, you, you're, you can get the medical treatment, we can help get your car fixed and, you know, get you money in your pocket. Does that change? What if you are the person at fault of the accident? If you're the person at fault, I mean, hopefully you have insurance. And usually if you do, you just call your insurance company and let them know, hey, I'm at fault. And they'll hire an, a, an attorney for you and they have to represent you and because they're protecting themselves as always. So um, and then they just have to pay, you know, the maximum of what your insurance policy is. Ah, gotcha. So that's another thing, too. Like, say if you have, you're someone who has a lot of assets and you definitely want to have enough insurance coverage to protect you in case you are involved in an accident and you cause serious significant injuries because you don't want them to go after your assets. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, too, and mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, that's scary. Yes. I had to relook at my policy when I renewed it last, and I was like, make sure I have everything Exactly. Covered. And and if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram and, and send me your declaration page, and I can let you know if you have the applicable coverage or you know you should upgrade it a little bit or you know things like that. So just to end, because we could probably keep talking forever, but you are a busy woman, so we have to respect your time. But what are just your, I always ask anybody that comes on, like if you have any words of wisdom or just advice for just anyone in general about life or being an attorney. My biggest word of advice that I feel I wish I could give to so many people is just go for it. Go after it. Don't expect someone to knock on the door and be like, oh my gosh, I heard you wanted to do this. And here's your business plan and make it happen. Just Get started, take the first step, believe in yourself, and just go for it. Well, beautifully said, y'all. And then how, if anybody needs to reach you, if they want to contact you to be their attorney, what are some ways that they can do that? That's very easy. Call my office at 832-377-3313. You can also text that same number, pictures of the accident, and we answer the phones 24-7 or on Instagram at La Bogada Bianca uh, or on my website, labogadabianca.com. Well, thank you again for just, show, you know, giving us the time and just letting me interview you because, like I said, I find you very inspirational and I wanted people to, like, hear you and see who you are. So hopefully we've inspired especially any Latinas out there to go for your dreams. Yes, please. And thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and, and you made me feel right at home. So thank yeah. you. You're very welcome. Yes. And this wraps up this week's episode of Life is Full of Daisies. Y'all, it's been another amazing episode that I have brought to you. And this one hits really close to my heart because I'm going to be honest with y'all. La Abogada Bianca has been one of the people that I had put on my list of people that I've wanted to interview for a while now. And it all happens with the right timing, right? You know, she gave me... One of the most amazing compliments after, you know, we did the interview and then she posted about it on her Instagram, which little does she know, she said that she felt like she, like Oprah was interviewing her, which is the biggest compliment anyone can give me because I've always told some of my closest family and friends, like, one of my dreams was to be like Oprah and, you know, putting it out there, manifesting, y'all. And 
it was one of the biggest compliments. And honestly, after I finished that interview and left her office, you know, once I saw what she said about me and commented on me, those kind of messages and that kind of compliment truly helps push me to keep going and doing what I love doing and being able to bring y'all inspirational stories and being able to showcase to y'all the real person that's behind that social media platform that you see or the real person that you see behind all those poster boards because y'all she's got a lot of poster boards out there and I know that Bianca is going to be even more successful. She's going to be huge one day because she is a smart lady and she is doing it y'all and she should she serves for me as an inspiration but also an example of how to not only run your business but how to just live life and and a lot of that comes back to just how she was raised as well but y'all I truly hope that you took something away from this episode especially with social media showcasing people in different lights and sometimes we can get into a jealousy mode but I challenge you to look at the people that you tend to feel somewhat jealous of or feel like they have everything easy and I challenge you to actually look at that person and know that they're a person that's a person behind these images that you see and really see who they are because a lot of times what I've learned is if we become jealous of somebody it is because either they have a characteristic that we would like to be like or it is because they showcase something about ourselves that we don't really like. So it's about perspective and doing a lot of introspective thinking and truly looking at those people. If they're successful and they're doing their thing, unless unless you've seen something or you know that they are shady, then okay, you have every right to believe what you want to believe. But remember that there's always a person behind, there's always a story behind it. And I really was so honored and thrilled to be able to bring Bianca story to y'all um and not only is she an amazing attorney and getting the justice that all her clients need but she is also an amazing mother wife daughter and just overall friend like she's well-rounded and that's the kind of individual that you truly want to have in your life that you know put a fire under you and helps motivate you to keep going because that's what we need in this life we don't need no more crabs around here y'all we need people to lift us up and help us you know, grow together. And that's what we should look at showcase. And I truly, like I said, and I know I keep mentioning this, but I truly hope that you are able to take away something beautiful from Bianca's story and let it be an inspiration to you. But y'all, I can talk all of your ears off. You know me. Yes. And if Nora were here, she would be making some comment, but I truly hope that you have an amazing week and don't forget to follow us on Life is Full of Daisies where you can DM me or you can email me at hellodaisy at gmail.com that is h-e-l-l-o-d-e-i-s-s-y at gmail.com and y'all don't forget to go on apple or spotify those are our biggest platforms we're on where you can subscribe so you always have the latest episode at your very hands and you can also share these episodes with your friends or family especially this particular episode if you have a friend that is wanting to be in law or just needs an inspirational individual to inspire them send it to them y'all and don't forget our link is in the bio in my instagram as well as in any facebook post that i post but you can always just look up life is full of daisies um and then you can get the information there but y'all don't forget to be kind along the way and do an act of kindness bye